Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I'm the co-host of this show. The other co-host is not here, but today he is making his way back to Nashville. He's been gone for quite some time, and I'm, I'm pumped to see him. This is the longest we've gone without seeing each other, probably since we were both on the road touring, playing music, so... We'll uh, have to hang out when he gets home tonight. I don't know what the plan is. I'll let you guys know. It's been a busy day for me, as I'm sure all of you were wondering what my day was like. We took our dog. If you don't know, my wife and I, we adopted a dog that showed up at our house. It looked like it had, it was definitely abused. It was underweight. We named it Lovey, and we had to take it to the vet this morning just for normal things, and she really hates going places. She's very scared of everything. I wanted to report, though, for White Pill Wednesday. She did an amazing job. It was like the best she's ever done leaving the house. She even sat up in the car and looked around at other vehicles as we drove around. And normally she's all crouched down on the floorboard and and terrified and shivering. But today she actually had a, a, a pretty decent time. She was great at the vet. She didn't growl at anyone. There were no attempted bitings, anything like that. Uh, I thought it was going to be a very stressful morning. It actually ended up being pretty good. But that ended up cutting my time short for getting things ready for the podcast episode. I'm not just throwing excuses out there. There's no excuses. Play like a champion. I know what the rules are. Luckily, today is White Pill Wednesday. The main point of today's episode, which we try to do every week. We didn't do it last week because I just returned from vacation. I wanted to talk about a few things that happened while I was gone. The main point of White Pill Wednesday is there are plenty, plenty of things to talk about that are just terrible, and we talk about them all the time. We do our Dumb Leap of the Week. We do our try to do some in-depth conversations about just how terrible the direction of the world is right now. But it is important to remember that things are actually getting better in some aspects of our life. Overall, life is better for us as humans than it ever has been in human history even though we talk about the good old days, whatever those days are, in all reality, we're just thinking about the good things about the good old days and not remembering all the things that were bad about them. Uh, that's something that I, I definitely think people do. We're living in a pretty good time to be alive. And that is the point of White Pill Wednesday. We will take some things that may or not be, may or may not be good, but we'll frame them in a, in a white pill light, like some political conversations where some people got owned or a nice clip today of Elon Musk talking about free speech, things like that. Let's talk about what I think we have to mention. It. We, we talked about it yesterday plenty, but this is, this is White Pill Wednesday. We're going to talk about the white pills that have been happening. This Durham report that came out, we're not going to go into the whole thing. Don't worry. You don't, your eyes don't have to glaze over or anything like that. This is a good thing. We looked into this crossfire hurricane investigation into Trump, this, this Trump-Russia collusion narrative that changed the landscape of the world and, and the course of history, honestly, as we talked about yesterday. 
But the Durham report did come out, and it's pretty clear that the FBI was behaving in a very politically partisan manner, and that even the Hillary Clinton campaign had a lot to do with what we heard over and over again about Donald Trump over all those years. While we we don't have a time machine, we can't go back and change it, it is important that things like this happen and that the American people are told that things like this happen. And maybe, maybe just a little bit, we can keep that in the back of our minds. Next time something else is going on, it can introduce just a little bit of distrust in the things that the people in the government are telling you. One, one little bitty thing at a time. For White Pill Wednesday, T-Dub, we will have to ignore the fact that he is a walrus. Yeah, we'll have to ignore. I don't think that's the best photo, but, um, well, well, it's, you know, keep it, keep it happy today. That's the number one thing for, for White Pill Wednesday. It's a really big deal, and it kind of shows just how much people have been uh, either lying or acting like they knew the truth and just running with it. Uh, when they actually had no idea what was going on. So some people definitely got exposed in this situation. Let's talk about this interview with Elon Musk on CNBC. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it already. Now, Musk is, he's an interesting character because I'm not really sure how principled he actually is. He seems to be personally a, a very big advocate for free speech. Of course, he's not an advocate for absolute free speech, as we've been able to see while he's been running Twitter. We know that. We will see what happens with the new CEO of Twitter. I'm going to pass judgment once we actually see those things happen. But anyway, he got asked about this thing he said about George Soros. And one of the things I believe we talked about a few weeks ago that's annoying is that now if you attack George Soros, it means that you're... Uh, anti-Semite. You, you hate Jews because George Soros, being a Jew and apparently a Holocaust survivor, you can't say bad things about him. And if you do, it is because he's Jewish. That's it. I don't, I will never allow that idea to ever pin us down whatsoever. It is a completely ridiculous argument to make that all these people are talking negatively about George Soros because they hate Jews. It is a ridiculous argument to make. And Elon Musk is also not going to let people make that argument. He's got a lot bigger microphone than basically anyone else, so it's always a good it's a good thing when he says stuff like this. This is a two-minute clip. Maybe I'll cut into it a little bit, trim off some of it until he starts talking about maybe the Princess Bride a little bit. Let's go. And Soros hates humanity. Like, when you do something like that, do you Yeah, think I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. Okay, but why share it? Why share it? Especially, because, I mean, why share it when people who buy Teslas may not agree with you? Advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. I mean... Uh, I, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I you want. You absolutely are, but I'm trying to understand why you do because you have to know it's got a. There, it, it puts you in a in the middle of a, the partisan divide in the country. It makes you a, a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? I, you know, do your tweets hurt the company? Are there Tesla owners who say I don't agree with his political position because, and I know it because he shares so much of it. Or there are advertisers on Twitter that Linda Yaccarino will come and say, you got to stop, man. Or, you know, I can't get these ads because of some of the things you tweet. 
You know, I'm reminded of the, the scene in The Princess Bride. Great movie. Great movie. Um, where he confronts the person who killed his father. And he says... Offer me money. Offer me power. I don't care. So you just don't care? I'll say what I want to say, and if, 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 uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. I think that that is a good point of view for him to have. And I will say, uh, like what T-Dub said in here, it is a fair question for CNBC, uh, who, you know, you're just talking stock market all the time, and the things that he says can can actually affect the stock price, of course. It can affect advertisers. It can affect people who want to buy the car. It's a fair question to ask him. And I think it's just good for him to answer it the way that he did. It, I'm going to say what I want to say. And people have to make their decisions after that. Like You just have to get over that. I, at this point, all of the investors in Tesla certainly know that this is a risk that is built into being invested in Tesla. You have no idea what Musk could say next. So I think it's important that they ask the question, and I think his answer was amazing. He doesn't care if it ends up costing him money. We'll see just how far that actually goes, uh, but it, it it made for a good made for a good tweet. We know that. All right, what's the next thing I put on the list right now? All right, this is a weird one for White Pill Wednesday. I'm going to put it on here because someone got absolutely made a fool of. Why is that important for White Pill Wednesday? That's because we got a lot of kids out there, you Gen Z kids listening right now, that just think they know things, and they even work for these organizations like Gen Z for Change that's out there acting like they know things. And then they get involved in a debate on the Twitter space. And Nuance Bro, who I will uh, I'll warn you, first off, there's a earmuffs if you got kids around. Okay, you see any, see any kids around and you don't like them hearing F words, anything like that, then this is not the clip for you. Okay? So, just, that's a warning. There's an earmuff warning right there. Now, the, the guy, Jeremy, who makes this claim... The claim is that 30% of the entire black population are unarmed being are being killed by the police. Unarmed blacks killed by the police are 30% of the entire black population. He didn't just misspeak. I mean, that's giant misspeaking, but they press him on it and he still sticks to it. We'll listen to it. I do want to mention this kid ended up having to be hospitalized afterwards. No joke. I'm serious. Now, there's nothing good about that. I don't like the fact that he got hospitalized, but I don't know if anyone's ever been destroyed so hard on Twitter that they were hospitalized afterwards, and that's a real thing. The guy's confirmed. Now, it was said that he was in a mental hospital. He said that that wasn't the case, but he actually uh, did have to go to the ICU. There are terrible things that people will say to you online. And this kid was not ready for the destruction and the embarrassment that came upon him and all the stuff that he ended up reading after it happened. And he, and he couldn't physically handle the embarrassment afterwards. This is why it's very important to be very humble 
admit that you don't know everything to try and gather as much knowledge as you possibly can. And don't speak with authority on things that you know nothing about or at least haven't researched at all. Or if you don't understand basic math and statistics, then don't try to use those in a conversation if embarrassment would cause you to go to the hospital. Okay, now if embarrassment wouldn't cause you to go to the hospital, then uh, then go right on ahead. That's fine. All right, let's listen. I hate listening to people get really embarrassed, but I'm kind of glad that it happened, and I hope that this guy's life is changed from this moment. No, 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 no. You're telling me 13.2 million black people are getting shot and killed unarmed every year. There is context to that. There's definitely context to those numbers. Dude, you're fucking crazy, dude. That's like a fucking holocaust. And the, dude, every black person would be dead in like fucking three years. Like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. What are you saying? Yet we're still dying dude, in record you know what the actual answer is? than white. Jeremy, do you know what the actual answer is? Because I actually have the real numbers. I Like, you've clearly never done. This is, I'm, I'm fucking mind blown right now, dude. The real number by Washington Post, keep tracks of this. Unarmed black people shot by police, men and women. It's usually like 10 people, dude. It's like 10, maybe like 20 in a year. Sometimes it's like eight, you know? It fluctuates, but it's like seven to like, like 22, maybe. Like, that's what it is. Not million. Like, that's just total. Do you believe that? Uh, I'm going to have to do more research. If you send me the link, I'll look. You were claiming like fucking, what was the number, Jonathan? 13.2 million. 13. million. You said 30% of the entire black population. That is crazy. Roughly, that's like, yeah. That's I, like, and I actually dude, believe that. Dude, that is insane. Like 20 to like 30%. If, dude, legit, Jer if Harry and Chris were in here even right now, they would be like, dude, what the fuck? We got to tell Elise to fire this guy. This guy's fucking nuts. Like, he's out of his fucking mind. He's smoking more crack than fucking uh, Hunter Biden. Like, this is insane. Dude, that's two Chicago's worth of black people. Yeah. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Like, do you, they don't have enough bullets to fucking do that, probably. Okay. Is, like, 20, is 15 to 20% fair then? No, no. Because <laughs> then it's like. Six, do you what, know six? numbers? Like, what did you get in, in math class? What grades did you get, dude? Like, I can't believe. Have you never talked to anybody, like, about this issue? Like with numbers ever, I am like, guys, people in the audience, can I get some reactions in here? Like, what are you guys thinking about this? Like, are you guys as shocked as I am? Like, this is insane. This is crazy. You don't even have to know about the, the crime issue at all to know what these claims are, are insane. No. Okay. I feel bad for the guy. And the fact that he comes back with is 15 to 20 percent fair exactly <laughs> okay maybe it's not 30 percent are 15 to 20 percent of all of the black people in the united states getting killed every year unarmed by the police is that fair to you <laughs> so in five years like no one will be left at all five six years can we, <laughs> jerry can we compromise on the numbers i know it's just statistics but will you guys can we deal back and forth and negotiate on what the actual number is? Not like there's an actual number out there that we could just go and look up. It's so, I, I wouldn't even be able to put it into decimal form, 
but they are right. The Washington Post does have a big database on this. I tried to figure out where he got the 30% number. And the actual, like what Councilman just said, the actual problem is, and, and I'm not, I'm not making fun of him. The actual problem is that he's probably not good at math or at least does not understand the concept of statistics or percentages and actually fractionating groups down and then taking percentages of those groups instead of it being everyone. And this is this is likely a large problem in the U.S. He is probably not the only person that just heard a number like 30 percent of black people are getting killed by the cops and then believed it afterwards, even though that is clearly insane. That is the worse than the Holocaust. You've got like Mao's China happening all the time to black people in the United States, apparently. No, that's not, that's not happening. It's clearly not happening. And I was trying to figure out where the number came from. I found, by the way, he's a, a content creator for Gen Z for Change. They got 78,000 followers online. They're followed by a bunch of the big lib pages out there. Um, it's scary. It's scary that people would. And, and the thing is, like, he could end up saying this into his echo chamber and be fine. And, and one of the points that Nuance Bro or whoever else was, was talking in there said, have you ever actually talked to anyone? about these statistics? Um, the answer is clearly no. Anyone would hear that. I, I'd say anyone, but most people would hear that. Now, when you go to, say, this Guardian article, you can open, you can look in this article. The, the title of it is Police Killings of Black Americans Amount to Crimes Against Humanity, International Inquiry Finds. And... It's a very long article and everyone talking about how terrible it is that the police are killing black people. And about 30 paragraphs in on the article is the, the first time that they mention any numbers. But they don't actually say how many occur in a year and they don't differentiate between armed, unarmed. Was it actually justified like were they trying to kill the cop and the cop killed them instead they don't actually separate it out by anything and they say that they investigated 44 such police killings these police killings spanned over a time of like four years which seems important that wasn't all of them for unarmed people uh, but um so things like this article uh, i think lead to this belief and then when you search unarmed killings of black people. Here's a stat that actually comes up. 30% of those killed. Now I might mess this up. Actually, it's either armed or unarmed or all of them. Anyway, 30% of those killed by police are black people. And then, you know, we can argue the racial disparity because uh, they make up 13% of the population. That is the only place I could find this 30% number. And the problem is this, this poor kid, I don't know what school he went to, but he didn't learn statistics. And I'm not sure if he learned basic math. I'm not really sure. I do think later on he says that he like aced his math classes. Let's do this for fun right now. We're actually going to look at the Washington Post database on this. I always like finding new database databases for these types of things. I will put a link to this in the show notes. I saved this in my 
save this in my little data. I have a folder called data right here, and it's all these different places I look at for random data that we use on the show. 1,085 people have been shot and killed by the police in the past 12 months. Uh, the Post has tracked 8,400 fatal police shootings since 2015. Now, on this, the, the cool part, zoom in just a little bit here. Since that time that they started tracking, what was it, 2015? Yeah, since 2015, they have uh, 5.8. The, the rate for blacks is 5.8 per million per year. The total is 1,947. That's not in one year because that's more than what they're is every single year. That's since the since the time that they started tracking this. Most of the victims are young, and then they have this cool area where you can put these filters on the numbers. So for instance, right here, uh, race, I have black, and then I will put unarmed, and then we will pick a year. For instance, we will pick 2022, and we have 12 victims in 2022. Now, if we take 2021, we have 11 victims. If we pick 2020, we have 18. And let's see, 2019, we have 12 victims. And I don't know if this kid had ever actually thought about the number that he was saying. He was just repeating a number. He probably saw it on some type of a meme or he he read it somewhere and didn't understand. And so he just repeated the number 30%. Like I said, I did, I found one spot where it said 30% and it was the, of the amount of the people that police killed, 30% of them were black. That was either unarmed or all of them. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, so don't make any big decisions based off of that number I just gave you. And he never thought about it and he never had to. The white bill in this scenario is that finally this kid was confronted with the fact that he was just spewing BS. And I do hope, I do hope, here's, here's where the white bill is. What I hope is that the people at Gen Z for Change think about this. How embarrassing this was for them. I hope that this kid thinks about how embarrassing this was. Clearly he is because he had to go to the hospital over all of the anxiety and embarrassment. Okay, I, I, I don't like that. I hope that he realizes that it's important to look in to numbers and to not just talk on subjects when you have no idea what you're talking about or to make wild claims about things. I hope it changes his entire life, life perspective. And I hope that he actually becomes an advocate for some type of uh, nuanced opinions, some type of reasonable opinions on some of these situations, although I'm not sure that'll happen. I hope a lot of people learn from this situation. That's why I think it's a white pill. Very rarely do some of the ridiculous things that you see online get called out in real time and it affected the person so badly that they had to be hospitalized. Like I said, that's not the white pill in the scenario. But anyway, now we got to talk about some of the real uh, numbers that are out there and you can pass them along to your friends. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I want you to think about this Really think about the answer to this question. In the past week, how much time did you spend on yourself, on things that you needed and wanted versus the amount of time you spent on other people and what they wanted and what they needed? It's easy to get caught up worrying about everyone else and what makes them happy. And then a couple months go by and you're like, whoa, 
What about me? Not that it's wrong to, to want to help people. We should want to help people. But therapy can help you strike a better balance in your life so you can continue being a great friend or a great family member without getting stretched thin and burned out. My life was changed because I chose to go to therapy and our co-host Charlie has been a BetterHelp customer for years and he loves it. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, flexible, and convenient. Just fill out a few questions on the website. You get matched with a licensed therapist and you can even switch therapists at any time for no charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. All right, let's get into uh, sometimes on White Pill Wednesday. In fact, a lot of times on White Pill Wednesday, we talk about things when it comes to the climate and energy and innovations in the medical field or in the energy field or any of those things. American support, this is from Gallup, American support for nuclear energy is the highest in a decade. That's good. Now that this is just in a decade. Listen, if we actually want to transition to an energy source that is going to have no emissions, but is going to provide the amount of energy that we need to sustain our standard of living, if that is the goal, then nuclear energy is what we're going to have to transition to. Solar and wind are... They're going to take up way too much land and the sun ain't always shining. The wind ain't always blowing. We don't have the battery power to do it. Nuclear power plants will keep going all the time. They'll keep going for a long time and they're actually safe. Let's look at the actual numbers here. I do think it's, it's, it's interesting to, to look at these. Americans' opinions of nuclear energy. Now, we still haven't reached the point that we were at in 2010. And then it went on the decline after that. I'm not exactly sure what happened in 2010. Or 2011, maybe someone can tell me, when did the Fukushima thing happen? I don't know how long ago that was that that happened. Uh, but 2010, 2011, the, numbers, the number peaked in 10 and then started moving down. Uh, but we hit a bottom in 2016, and then we have moved up to 55% of Americans strongly favoring or somewhat favoring nuclear energy, and only 44% answering that they are strongly or somewhat opposed. I think it's interesting to look at this by party affiliation. 62% of Republicans favor nuclear. Only 46% of Democrats favor nuclear energy. Less than half of Democrats favoring nuclear energy. Why? That's so interesting. And then 56% of independents uh, favoring nuclear. Here's where it gets... Let's talk about that old 19th Amendment thing once again. How about looking at this by gender, whatever the heck that is? 67% of men uh, strongly favor or somewhat favor, and only 42% of women strongly favor or somewhat favor nuclear energy. In fact, uh, what does that come out to? 56% of women being opposed or somewhat opposed to it for nuclear energy. Man, they're holding us back. Freaking women are holding us back right now. Y'all got to stop this mess, okay? There's one thing. I really think nuclear is the, is the future. There's all sorts of new stuff that uh, people are coming up with. And the Nuclear Regu Regulatory Commission, who, you know, not the biggest fan of, but they're actually open to approving some of these new projects. The largest expense involved in this is time 
from the time that they get the site to the time that they get all of the approvals, there's years that go by before they can even start building anything. And there's some companies that are figuring this out right now. Hey, how about this real quick story? First of its kind, brain surgery, brain surgery, was performed on a baby inside the womb. That's crazy. I didn't even know that was a possible thing. And it successfully prevented heart failure. Uh, this this problem, this, oh, what was it called? VOGM. Don't remember what all that stood for, but one, in 60, one out of every 60,000 births has this problem. Okay, so brain surgery has been performed on a baby still inside the womb in order to fix potentially deadly damage to vessels and save the infant from suffering heart failure or stroke after birth. It was the first treated patient in a clinical trial that was underway at Boston Children's Hospital and Brigham and Women's Hospital. The U.S. team used ultrasound to carry out the successful procedure for a woman who was 34 weeks pregnant. The child was delivered two days later during a normal birth after labor was induced. The child was kept in the neonatal intensive care for several weeks, but mother and baby are now together at home. Like I said, this is one of the most common congenital vascular brain malformations, uh, one in every 60,000 births. And this can actually cause a major problem after the birth that can lead to uh, defects that can lead to uh, cognitive disabilities long term. And listen, I think that this thing's really cool. It's just, it's nice to see this much effort being put into saving a baby in in the womb. And I'm reminded by a story in one of Ron Paul's books, how uh, where he ended up deciding that he was against abortion as as he was a doctor in one room there working really hard to try and so- save a baby. And in the other room, they are performing an abortion, and that just didn't make any sense to him. Uh, it was nice to read about this extremely complicated procedure to save a baby in the womb, who at one point people would be making the argument that, well, this problem is going to cause con- cognitive disabilities. This is going to cause this could cause severe brain damage. Uh, this is going to be a burden on the healthcare system or, or whatever. And and instead, they come out and they. They saved the baby, and so far, everything's going well. Hey, that's good. That's a good thing to me. How about on the breast cancer front? This tiny little battery obliterating breast cancer tumors in mice by creating oxygen-free target. Let's read about this real quick. I'm not a doctor. Most of you guys listen right now aren't doctors, but we can listen to this and decide that, hey, this sounds like a good thing for sure. A tiny implant has placed a big target on the back of breast cancer tumors in mice, according to the results of a new study. In the study, a self-charging battery enabled a new class of medications to kill the tumors, and it took two weeks to obliterate them, and it left the healthy tissue alone. Salt water injected into the surrounding area causes the battery to consume the oxygen, which singles out the cancer cells and creates a condition called hypoxia. They then use medications that are targeted towards hypoxia, and what they found was that it, in, after 14 days, the tumors in most of the mice had decreased by an average of 90%. Okay, it's just mice. I don't know how much y'all care about mice, but if this is looking pretty good, you move that on to other people with breast cancer. Breast cancer having individuals, I don't want to say like women or men or whatever. I know everyone can get breast cancer, sure. I'm sure. That's a good thing. I like the fact that it only took 14 days. They tried this new thing and it was like, 
God. It's not a tumor. Thank you for that, Councilman. I appreciate that. Okay, let's move on to another subject. And we got a couple more videos and a thing I want to do with the group as we hang out uh, later on after this next story. This one comes from Joel. He sent this over to me on the Converso app while I was in the Dominican Republic. And then we didn't do a white pill uh, when we came back. But this happened while I was gone. And it's, it's both a dumb bleep and a white pill. And I don't know if anyone followed this at all. But the story starts off with the dumb bleep, a Catholic hospital potentially losing their federal funding for burning a sacred candle. Now, when I first read it, I was like, well, that sacred candle has to be some kind of a metaphor. What are they talking about? Oh, it actually is a sacred candle that this Catholic hospital was, was burning. And by federal funding, what they mean is any, any way that the government spends money on people's health which is how they control basically anyone who receives any of that money. The St. Francis Health System could lose federal funding if it doesn't snuff out a sacred candle burning in its hospital. St. Francis, a Catholic health system, always keeps a sacred candle lit within its hospital chapels. The Joint Commission found one such flame dangerous in February and told the health system to extinguish it or risk losing Medicare Medicaid and Children's Health Insurance Program funding. You can see this picture of this extremely dangerous candle, the flame coming from the candle. Uh, Luckily, the government was trying to get involved to save everyone. I know it's kind of hard to see. It's in this little glass case of emotion back here. Uh, There it is. That's... Uh, super, super danger. The candle is encased in glass and covered on top and has been approved by the government of local fire, fire marshals in the past. There's over a dozen similar flames around the hospital kept lit for other reasons like pilot lights for stoves and ovens. I'm, I didn't think we we're supposed to tell the government about our gas stoves that we have. That's dangerous. They can come for those too. Flames in gas water heaters that the government has made accommodations for. But but this one right here, this one was way too dangerous. Now, my question is, did they actually think that this flame was really dangerous or were they just trying to be D-bags? I wonder if they were just trying to be D-bags about it. CMS is aware of a safety finding involving a fire risk made by an independent accrediting organization issued to a hospital in Oklahoma. A CMS spokesperson said CMS is working with the hospital's accrediting the organization to develop options to mitigate the potential fire risk and remove this safety finding. Uh, what would we do without them, folks? Now, the white pill part. The hospital said, mm-mm, y'all about to go after yourselves. That's probably not what they said. It's, I don't know, it's Oklahoma. They could have said that, I don't know. The Biden administration is backing down in this battle over the Catholic hospital's chapel candle. The admin is rescinding its threat to strip a Catholic hospital system in Oklahoma of its accreditation. HHS informed St. Francis on Friday that it was backing down from its prior threats and that it was free to keep the sanctuary candle lit. Patient safety be damned. Quote, Now listen to these puns. These puns are worthy of a white pill entry anyway. Quote, The government has seen the light 
and has abandoned its attempt to force an Oklahoma hospital to blow out a small candle or stop serving the elderly, disabled, and low-income patients. HHS has told St. Francis that it can keep its living flame, a sacred candle housed in the hospital chapels. The government knew it was playing with fire. Today, it announced its decision to allow the living flame so St. Francis can continue to serve God in its community and it always, as it always has. So, listen, they pushed back. They got lawyers who came in and said, this is, this is threatening our freedom of religion. Okay, you're literally, you're taking this thing that is tied to our religion and saying that if we don't stop it, that you're not going to, essentially not going to allow us to operate. Now, this is one of the problems in the healthcare system. So much of the money in the healthcare system comes from government programs, uh, like like half of it. We've looked at the data before. I don't, don't make any big life decisions based on the fact that I just said half. I don't remember what the exact stat was. It's a lot of it. it comes from the government. If they say that you're no longer, uh, that you are no longer able to accept this money, there's a good chance you're just going to go out of business. And that's the way this system has been set up. That's why there's some places that don't accept any insurance and therefore any Medicare either. If you accept one, you got to have it open to all the Medicare, Medicaid, all those people too. So they just do these cash only payment systems. Uh, but anyway, they stood up and I, apparently there was a little bit of a, not really a firestorm over it, but it definitely lit a candle under someone's butt uh, to get out there and get on the government about it. And it didn't last that long. They, they turned around. And it's just interesting to me how a few days earlier that flame represented a deadly fire hazard to the patients and the staff worthy of shutting down the hospital. And then after the lawyer said, um, no, the government was like, oh, no, it's fine. Everyone's going to be fine. I don't know, is the hospital dangerous or not? I don't know. You guys tell me. I guess it's up to you whether or not you want to go to this fiery hellhole over there. All right, the, the normal episode, the white pill episode for everyone listening on the podcast is going to end now. I'm going to keep hanging out with people and we're going to watch a couple funny videos and we're going to take this Washington Post debt cutting uh, test thing that they put out last week and I want to see how good everyone does at cutting the national debt. Um, I'll release it sometime, but I want to say goodbye to everyone listening on the podcast app. I'm going to hang out with the Fed Haters Club right now, joingmail.com for a little while and we're going to watch some funny videos and we're going to go through this Washington Post thing. So for all the people hanging out uh, on the podcast, y'all have a good day and a good morning liberty. I'm out of here. <laughs>